You are listening to the D-Bad Movement. This is the Don't Be a Dickhead podcast with me, John Gilbert. With me, Ian Thompson. And me, Alex King. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to do it in such a high-pitched tone. I was trying to do like a up to it. Oh, and then I ended up saying it really high. It sounded, do you remember Bullseye when they had that bully? It was like bully after we'd yeah. been castrated, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So today we are going to be talking about pranking. Mm. Yeah. Like putting cellophane over toilets, things. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) So people used to doing it back in the day. Drinks on top of doors. So what kind of crazy pranks have the community been sharing? Lisa Foster said, I like hiding and scaring people. I worked at Tesco Express when I was at uni and I hated it. I once hid in the box they put out for recycled Christmas cards and frightened colleagues and customers. I got a fair few disciplinaries, but I was very fun to work with. Well, she says that. She was scaring the customers. I mean, it does sound good. It does sound good. It reminds me of a story that my friend Dan told me about when he when he was young, whenever he used to get... His dad was a teacher, and um, when Dan was at school, they weren't at the same school, but when Dan was at school, they obviously they used to get back at more or less the same time. And so um, what had happened is whoever got back first would hide in the cupboard underneath the stairs, and they'd then jump out and scare the other one. And he said he always remembers one time... <laughs> He went in and hid in the cupboard underneath the stairs. It was quite a large cupboard. Went and hid underneath the cupboard underneath the stairs. And his dad came in. He thought, I'm not going to jump out him straight away because then it's, it's just going to be the same as usual. So he waited in there. And then his dad opens the cupboard door and hid in it as well, not knowing Dan was in there. <laughs> and they said they were both in there for about half an hour. What, and, without realising? Well, his dad didn't well, know. Dan he, knew, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Dan knew, but his dad didn't. So Dan was just like sat there thinking, what do I do? Should I jump out at him in the cupboard? Should I wait till he's got out of the cupboard and decided I'm not coming home? What should I do here? So they sat there, both of them in a cupboard, <laughs> one of them not knowing that the other one was there for half an hour before Dan scared him in the cupboard. Well, he did in the end. Yeah. But the fact that they both sat there for half an hour. Just lean in and just breathe. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aww. Why do we love prank, like, scaring people, though? Like, Jordan always look like likes to scare me. What, what is it? Why do we like it? Why do we find it funny, I wonder? I mean, people's reactions are funny, aren't they? Just the, them being scared we find mm. funny. It's strange, mm. isn't it? It's control as well, I think. Power. Wow. Oh, dear. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's got deep. And that, I mean, that's more worrying. I love scaring more people for me as well. Because eight-year-old Olivia loves scaring me, so... <laughs> it's control Is that a power, power thing? Yeah. It's, it's how she manages her anger. Um, <laughs> she gets to, the chloro. It's like, listen to our previously produced episode on anger, not intended as a slam on Olivia. I remember convincing you to hide in a bin once to frighten some people, but we, we aborted mission. It was a recycling bin, by the way, so it was just filled with paper. It wasn't but, like a black yeah. bin. Was it a recycled Christmas card bin? Like <laughs> no. I mean, that's I love that detail. Similar, similar. I once scenario. hid in the box they put out for recycled Christmas cards. It must have been quite a box. I mean, Lisa's not big, but she's actually very small. But I mean, it still must have been a fair size box to fit a human. So what do you do? That you bring your old Christmas cards in, and yeah, and then they recycle them. So how did they recycle them? What like they cross out dear Alex and yeah. put dear Ian for next year? Yeah, is that how it works? <laughs> Maybe. What a bizarre thing. Every little helps, Sesco. Maybe a fair few disciplinaries. I thought you could only get a couple when you fired. 
Yeah, disciplinary is quite a serious one. <laughs> I got a fair few. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more chance. These, these pranks are really getting out of hand now. People are dying. So you know what I did is I took all of the chicken out of the freezer defrosted it all and then put it back in for the customers <laughs> hilarious Emma Chloe's been in touch again always fun I once had the police called on me because we thought it'd be really funny to barricade another student's bedroom door with a long cabinet and a Christmas tree then sing songs really loudly as as a FYI it was New Year and and this student was meant to be hanging around with us once he came back from his night out, but instead he took a girl back to his room. Needless to say, the friendship with the guy we played the prank on didn't last long. Well, yeah, because I mean, they basically kidnapped him and then tortured him. Because that, like, locking someone in a room and playing loud music to them is the kind of thing that I imagine goes on in Guantanamo. Yeah. <laughs> but this was, um, they were actually singing it though. Mm. It was just singing. So it was more like forced entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> And also, I mean, that was to their student flatmate, but also a complete stranger of a girl who yeah, true, yeah. went was to the, the girl house this as well. and then was barricaded in a room with a man that she just met while her friends forcibly held the door closed yeah. with a Christmas tree. Wow. This there was, sorry, <clears throat> this was a longer comment, but I shortened it down. What? what, what Cause it was a, a male friend that was in the room yeah we know obviously because he came back from his night out <laughs> and took a girl back to his room oh sorry I wasn't really listening I thought you were really going to shed some more light on it there sorry it's a bit like you know. so all you took out of that was the fact that I once had the police called on me because you thought it'd be really funny to barricade another male student's bedroom with a door, <laughs> door with a long cabinet and a Christmas tree did you shorten it by taking out one word no <laughs> yeah because when Emma had written a Richard to be clear male he was a man he was born a man and still chose to be a man because the police Cock gave them a warning. There was a whole load of things going on. Wow. It's good that the police gave them the warning. It's quite exciting. Yeah. yeah. But they actually called the police we, over that prank. I was going to say, bad. we've had the police called on us about a prank before. We once, um, and I can't remember why, but we once um, pranked a lad. It wasn't, I wasn't particularly involved in it, but pranked a lad. You know it's going to be a bad one now. Well, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I was kind of there. Um, well, no, no, but I wasn't, because I didn't really know the kid either. It was my friend's school friend, and they decided to prank him by sending him a letter from the BBC <laughs> saying that he'd been chosen, because uh, he used to go on at school loads about how he was with loads of acting agencies, and this producer wanted to speak to him about being in a, in a, a, a like, a, what do you call it, a recreation of, of, of a, a story. And and they like met him in a cafe in the centre of town, and someone pretended to be like a big producer from London. Oh. And his mum came along as well to the meeting, though, which made it slightly worse. And then there was a photographer there as well. And then afterwards, they took him into <laughs> Queen's Gardens, which is a big garden like in the centre of Hull. And they got him to like jump up and down and took loads of pictures of him and everything like that. <laughs> and it was all that, and it, even to the point where because he was so excited, his mum told the school about it, and it got announced in assembly and everything oh, like that. Man. Anyway, when they found out that it was just a prank. His mum rang the theatre company that we all used to go to and said, I'm going to call the police on them. And when the theatre company asked, what charges would it be? And she said, um, a misuse of their powers as actors. <laughs> <laughs> With great acting comes great responsibility. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's a superpower and they've misused it. Like, you've got to keep that shit under wraps until you really need it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jeez. That's quite a nasty prank. It is a nasty prank. Well, I, I don't remember the ins and outs of it, so let's just say that it wasn't that nasty. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I've been involved in a prank where we had the police call on us as well. There we go. It's, uh, I'd have forgotten this. You've just jogged my memory. And actually, I was. This is the. this is the best thing about it. I was paid to do this. Brilliant. Right. So we used to... We used to um, we used to we got paid every Saturday to come up with and then execute a piece of surreal entertainment in the city centre. So sometimes we hired in production companies who had this act prepared, and sometimes we made up our own stuff. And we worked with some tutors and students from college to come up with some random stunts that we did. And one of them that I thought was really nice worked really well was we had these. They were all dressed up like really elderly, and um, so there was two groups of three of them. Um, just walking through the city centre and then the idea was that they, one of them bumped into them and it was like these all these geriatrics were going to have a fight with each other but then actually then we brought the music out and they had a dance off and they could do like mm-hmm. flips and really cool stuff like that that was fine with the same group we had one with good intentions but a bit of a negative outcome where we set we set this up outside the McDonald's in the city centre so quite a busy junction of a guy just in his pants with lipstick like written all over him, handcuffed to a, uh, a lamppost outside. So he'd been on this stack there yeah. and his stack there would go wrong. And then we had a lady come in in full bridal gown with the bouquet of flowers coming along going like, there you are, where have you been? You can't believe you've done this to me and left me standing there at the altar in front of everybody. And then she started beating him up with the flowers, <laughs> and we, which drew a crowd as you can imagine. Anyway, the, the the police came because they'd had a report of domestic abuse going on outside, Brilliant. outside of McDonald's. And I had to sheepishly, which you know what, <laughs> let me be really honest about this, I sent somebody else to sheepishly explain that he was a prank and what we were doing. Uh... And they kind of went, well, don't do that because you shouldn't be laughing at domestic abuse. And uh, it just hadn't even crossed our mind that it would offend people. Yeah. It, was just meant, it was silly. It was meant to be silly. I mean, of course, he would, of course the bride, would, that just wouldn't happen, but... Yeah, people get sensitive to these things if you get them wrong. It's like the, the chap in the story who didn't like being barricaded into his room. Yeah. Maybe the person that reported it thought that she'd tied him to the pearl and then she was beating him up. They weren't following the narrative of the scene if that was the case, yeah. but maybe. Yeah. Now, that same group of people, I played a prank on them and that went wrong. A very simple prank, very foolish prank, and I'm willing to admit up front that I was a dickhead. So this was a... a a comedy group who were going up to perform at the Edinburgh Fringe and they were going to do the, you know, the Peter Buckley Hill Free Fringe. Well, yeah. you need references to do that. So they asked me to be one of their references. It was. It wasn't you. No. Yeah. Um, and so I needed to email this guy and his email address is something like peter at bookers.com. Now I emailed peter at fuckers.com and CC'd them into it saying, I've been asked to give you a reference for this group. I'll be honest though. If I were you, I wouldn't take them. They're really unreliable. They're just, they mess about. They're not even funny. Uh, sorry, I can't help. John. Um, thinking that they would go, what's this? And then read the email address. Oh, yeah, I haven't really sent it to this guy. Ha, 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 ha. Anyway, that's not how it panned out. I got angry phone calls and messages. Oh, which no. I, which, But I didn't pick them up until like the next day. I hadn't noticed. And it was just, they were getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And it was just, it was like a little, fro- it's not like I planned it. I just did it as a throwaway. Uh, little chuckle. <laughs> Don't think about it anymore. I mean, what the hell was I thinking? Um, I had given them a good reference, but then they didn't seem to... When I told them it was a prank, they went, right, okay. They didn't find it it funny? Well, no, it was just more like, but why did you do that? That, The best thing would have been, had you have um, sent a really nice report to Peter Buckley Hill 
as at the same time, just so that it was done anyway. And then they'd have like got so angry with you that they rang Peter Buckley Hill and said, "Don't listen to John." Yeah, I Everything was thinking he says of doing it. I did. I mean, I did send a nice one as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that's funny. Mm, it didn't feel funny no. at the time. I felt a bit ashamed of myself Aww. but I mean it wasn't the worst prank but it definitely didn't work it was meant to be funny and all it did was just upset people <laughs> Peter Gilbert yeah has been in touch I know him Peter Gilbert said I once pranked my dad with this little bug thing that when the light is on it does nothing but when the light is switched off it mimics the sound of dripping water oh. it had him demented for ages and he couldn't <laughs> understand couldn't understand where the where the dripping Why the sound dripping sound uh, why the dripping sound was only there when the da- when it was dark. He was downstairs, upstairs, toilet and all over his bedroom. It was yeah. only when he was going into the loft I burst out laughing. He was nipped pleased. Is he Scottish? He is. Kind of, yeah, that's my cousin who does writing Scottish. Well done. <laughs> well done on the Wisney. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Right, okay. Yeah. That's a great little That is a bug. good thing. So was the bug in the loft? I'm confused. No... Uh, How was it everywhere with him? Did it follow him as well? No, but I think he was just looking around for this thing, which is why he was downstairs, <laughs> upstairs, toilet all over his bedroom, which sounds like it should have more of a patter. <laughs> it's, it's not a poem. Yeah, I know, but it just feels like it should do. Yeah, that is a good one. But that's I, a... I'm curious to know where his bedroom and toilet are if they're not downstairs or upstairs. <laughs> he was kind of like, like downstairs, upstairs, and then presumably it's mezzanine, toilet, and bedroom. <laughs> I can confirm it is a downstairs toilet. Okay, then. So that's actually included in the downstairs, upstairs. It's like a glorious article I once saw from the whole Daily Mail where they were talking about uh, there was a fire and a load of flats had been burned. Bad story. Sounds glorious. Um, no, but then the whole Daily Mail had put it affected... Um, it affected husbands, sons, brothers, and one man in his thirties. <laughs> like, like this guy in his thirties. He? He, 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 yeah, he was just made in a laboratory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got a long, complicated story here that we'll should we, should we hand over to our resident. Yeah, tell us a story, Uncle Ian. Okay. A good prank I've been involved in is still running, but the victims are not on this page yet. You don't need to be on the page to listen to the podcast. We're actually widely listened to. Lie. My mate, A, was... It sounds like a maths problem already. My mate, A, was viewing properties on his phone and found one that he wanted me to look at. He handed me the phone, then he had to disappear out of the office for a call of nature. Why would... Why... Yeah. Yeah. Made his first mistake there, eh? Naturally, I quickly reduced down the Safari page, opened his Amazon app, and ordered a penis <laughs> enlarger for him. I didn't go through with the purchase, just left it in the basket. I then closed the Amazon app down and returned to viewing the property. A comes back in and asks, What did I think of it? I said it was quite nice, plenty of scope for enlargement. Oh. Cheeky. A couple of weeks later, his brother, L, tells me that A and his wife have had a massive Barney about it. A thinks she ordered it as she's the only other one with access to his account. Um, He felt all inadequate and is a bit worried that he might not be big enough now. Naturally, after three years, I've come clean and let it slip to A that the L has told me something about stitching A up. Far too confusing this now. I've no idea who's who and what gender they all are. I'm not looking forward to the punching 
if A and L find out? Is the answer 16? Yeah. <laughs> so how many A's do you need to enlarge L's penis? So, yeah, this, this sounds like it, it's just, he's got a little bit out of hand. See, this is like a spare of the moment prank that he's done there. A bit like my story from earlier, if he made the idea. Because it's it's gone on, and it sounds like it it got serious there. If he really is feeling all inadequate about the size of his penis, well, he could just order an enlargement. I hope that they're like double pranking him there. Maybe, maybe they found out that he'd done the prank, and then it's like, oh yeah, he's really upset and he's oh, yeah, not yeah. getting on with his wife because of. The Do you trick. know Al? Um, well, I don't know where L are. All right, okay. So he thought that she'd bought this and then she was just going to like show him it and hope that he would be happy with it. Well, she didn't buy it, did she? She just left it in his basket. Uh, so she just thought like, they My was wife looking. has just gone, I've just dropped this in your basket <laughs> just in case you want to enlarge. Is that a real thing? I, I, well, I mean, that's my question. What a penis enlarge? Yeah. Surely I not. I can't imagine they work. I mean, if my wife's listening, by all means, get more for Christmas. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's just surely not, that can't be a thing. Because you can get surgery, I know. Okay. I mean, not wanting to embarrass Jordan anymore. I think we should stop going down that road. No, Did but you... I'm sure you can get surgery to make your penis larger. Well, you knew about it a minute ago. Now you're sure. <laughs> no, you not... can. I know right, you can. Okay. It's just yeah. like, she's figured it out. What did, yeah, they do it in, they do it in Finland. Yeah. That's where, I've got some tickets. <laughs> well, what's that across the road from the hotel? Penis enlargement clinic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <dear>. Surprise. <laughs> There's just A&L waiting there punching. So, yeah. I mean, let, let us know, Stuart, how that one pans Hands out. Up, and if yeah. you do get the punch. Yeah. I, I, would, I am interested in my theory about them double pranking you as well. Yeah. Who's pranking off who? Whom? Sorry. I did another prank that went wrong that involves sex products. So <laughs> when this was our old office, which was a shared workspace, and another marketing agency moved into their own space. And on their day to welcome them, when they had a box delivered, I thought it would be hilarious to just like write, we just like printed off stuff about like triplexsex.com over this box. And then we happened to have a pair of handcuffs lying around the office, which we tucked in so that they were kind of peeking up around the side. So I went upstairs thinking, well, I know the guy who owns the business. I'll go, oh, there's some mail for you here, Jonathan. Um, and then it would all be kind of hilarious and it would be kind of like welcome along to the thing. Again, spare of the moment, Frank. Except that when I went up there to the office, um, Jonathan wasn't there, um, but some of the young girls from the office were there <laughs> and this really lovely older lady who, I don't even know if she worked there, I think she was just helping them move in. And they were like, oh, oh, a box for us. Oh, that's a bit exciting. What is it? And I'm like trying to stuff the handcuff bit back into the box and, like, and obscure it a bit where it was just like sex. And it was just like anal plugs and stuff like that. And I just go, I don't know. I don't even know why reception asked me to bring it up. It's a bit of an odd box, this one. And I'm just getting redder and redder. I went, anyway, bye. And um, and they did realise what had been happened because um, what was meant to be like a friendly kind of bit of banter actually was taken as a declaration of war because they were just like, oh yeah, you're them assholes downstairs. Of like best without mail when we first moved in. Wow. <laughs> Maybe I should just not do pranks. Maybe. Don't think it's where my strength lies. Yeah. My sister. Yeah. She was on holiday. I think she was in like Mali or something with her friends. And Ashley, my sister's friend, rang my mum and said that Charlotte had been in an accident. They thought it'd be really funny to say that she fell off the balcony. I'm sure that's what they said. And then they'd put the phone down. My mum was obviously really worried. I think, like, I don't know if she left her a voicemail. I can't remember. It was something along those lines. And they fell asleep. 
So my mum was trying to get back in touch with them and they was all asleep. So my mum, for like hours, thought that Charlotte had been in an accident on holiday. Brilliant. How bad is that? Do you know what? They, they found it sleep. so funny they went to sleep. Yeah, literally they, they, they was all like, they had, they had a nap and then just forgot about that they'd done it. This is making me feel a lot better about my yeah. sex box now. Yeah. Well, I can't remember if it was to be in a voicemail, otherwise my mum would have surely been like, but what, yeah. What are they doing? I mean, when pranks do go wrong um, all of the time, don't they? There's been ones where, there's one that went viral recently where somebody, they were doing a, like a hidden camera prank thing where a guy was asking for directions and when they started giving the directions, he just got really like arsy with them. Um, and he did it to this guy who then just pulled a knife on him. And Jeez. then he was just like, speak to me like that, I'm going to kill you. He's like, no, I've got a camera and it's all like that. But that didn't, I mean, all that did was make the guy even angrier. He's like, what, are you filming me? And, God. Um, so you want to be careful. There's people, loads of videos like that on Facebook. Is there? There's somewhere this guy just goes up to random people in like, it looks, it looks like a B&Q or something. Yeah. Like a supply store. Yeah. And he just like, does like a sexual moaning sound in like people's ears <laughs> honestly unless I see the reaction and some of them get so angry I mean he's just gonna get punched in it quite a bit yeah and some people just look at him like just turn around it's just it's quite funny but I have a favourite prank that's been done a few times I just love its simplicity it's the one where they go to the supermarket and they just put a bucket over somebody's head but then <laughs> yeah they, but then they put buckets over their heads as well so <laughs> when that person lifts the bucket up everybody's got a bucket on their head like <laughs> How did that happen? So, and they're all like looking at me. I, I like that because it, okay, it's a little bit frightening, um, but it's not, it's it's kind of harmless in the sense. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. It's the, the, the pranks that, that do actually like shock and harm people. They never find out that they were involved in a prank that's worrying. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about the killer clown pranks, you know, where they where they like chase people with knives and so on. Um, not funny. Uh, no, it would be funny, if, not, not, if, not if it happened to me. But out? anyone else, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Selfish. Okay. No, that's good. That's what D-Bad's about. It's about the rules. Okay. So, so if you're thinking of pranking somebody, do ev- everybody in the world apart from Alex. Mm. Yeah, thank you. That's fine. Have you seen the ones as well where like parents would be like the Nutella? They're sat on the yeah, toilet yeah, yeah. and they put Nutella on the hand and they ask the child to pass them some toilet roll. And then when they pass them it, they um, wipe some Nutella on them and they go, oh, you've got poo on you. And so many of them like start barking, like wanting to be sick. <laughs> they just start crying, don't they? Yeah, or yeah. start crying and they'll just look at it and like, what's that? Oh, it's funny. But that's pranking a child, which And it's is... still quite cru- cruel because a lot of them get really upset. Ian and I once um, addressed the, the topic of pranking to take the dickheadery out of it and to look for, for positivity. So we, we looked at positive pranking. It was it was mentioned, wasn't it, in our monthly D-Bad community meetup. Yes, we had one of the prankies. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He was our, uh, our guinea pig, wasn't he? He was, it was Gary Pearson. Hello, people, Gary. People may know him um, from writing into the show. Oh, from Gary's perspective, yeah. So what happened was Gary went to the cinema with his then-girlfriend, Sue. And while he was at the cinema, we stole his car. Mm-hmm. This isn't from Gary's perspective anymore. No, he didn't it? know that. He was watching yeah. a movie. When, when he came well, we out... Don't, we don't want to describe a movie. <laughs> How did you steal his car? So we... Beca- we got no, no, we quite got, an operation. Yeah, we got spare keys off his girlfriend. Okay. Um, so we stole his car and we went and we got it done up. We got like the brakes fixed. We got new tyres put on. We cleaned it. We washed it on the outside as well. We filled up his tank with petrol. We got a couple of his lights fixed. We got him to sort of have a look at his exhaust that wasn't very good and like do a little bit to that. Um, some Easter so, eggs in the boot for yeah, him. Yeah, put some Easter eggs Aww. in the boot for him and like that. And we, we sort of like did up his car. Anyway, but then when he came out of the cinema, then he was looking around and he couldn't find his car. And then two people who he didn't know approached him. They were mic'd up. 
I was filming from afar. And I um, was one of the two people. Yeah, and they went up and it was brilliant because they went up and told him that his car had been towed because it was in contravention of a, a particular law that said that it was just a bit too shit or something. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and in order to get it released, he had to pay like a pitiful, it, like... It was a, it was a, a fine of £17.12. <laughs> £17.12. He had to sign a piece of paper to say, yes, it was me, it's my fault. I should have looked after my cab better and I'm very sorry. Yeah, basically, he had to sign an apology to the rest of the world. About his car? For his car being shit. (laughs) And uh, and pay £17.12. And Gary was, actually, he took it very well. He wasn't too angry, was he? No, Steve was worried that he he said, what if he hits us? I was like, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. But I mean, Gary was actually counting out the 12. Yeah, yeah. when When he finally said... By the way, have you got any ID or anything? Yeah. <laughs> At which point his car started coming round the corner with loads of people dancing around it. And uh, I mean, I make it sound like there was actual professional like dance, dancers there. There wasn't. There was, was children with holding yeah. banners saying, yeah. we love you, Gary. Yeah, weirdly. Aww. And uh, we tied balloons to his car and everything like that. And we came around the corner and we pranked him. Did you know these children? No. 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 Was, so, and neither did the children know him, but they loved him all the same. That's the purity of children. <laughs> Yay. And That's why Joseph mod- Fritzl did so well. <laughs> he had moderate improvements to his car. They ruined it then. <laughs> this was a nice thing. There was no cynicism to this at all. But the backstory: we were doing some work with the Movember Foundation um, around whether you could get lots of groups of people to work together to positively prank a stranger and whether it could be used to reduce male suicide. Because what you would do is you would look at... We're not saying this was Gary's situation, but if you had a friend who was like a member of a group and they were kind of losing touch with them, rather than just ringing them and going, oh, we haven't seen you for a while. Come back, come on, come out with the lads. What you'd do is instead is you would all conspire to pro- positively prank that person and, and film it under... Um, undercover actors and secret cameras and then compete with the rest of the world to see who can come up with the most well the best positive prank for a well-deserving person so it was quite weird because as I say this was like all very scientific and methodical and I was saying um, off air that I had to have like regular meetings with a professor of psychology at Melbourne University and stuff like that whereas actually we were just I mean I just found it so fun I didn't even know Gary it's like when you were just giving me the updates going you had to set up fake things just to assess the car. You were setting up meetings yeah. so somebody else could go and like work out what was wrong with the yeah, car really? before. So there was quite a lot of work involved yeah, yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. Can um, you do that to my car, please? Well, are you deserving? Yeah. But you can get a new car Yeah, but I'll need to sort that one out before I take it back. Which is, we haven't got much time. Yeah. We do. Oh God, we hey, it's time. not about the 6th of September. Have we got time to plan a prank today? Go yeah. to <laughs> but, but it. But really, it was really good and it's like that positivity and it's not like the mean-spirited pranks of, of some of the stuff that I've done in the past yeah. and it sounds like what your sister's friends are the devil yeah they agree now that like it was horrific but mm. they didn't mean for it to be like mm. that one of the pranks that I witnessed at school is one of those stories that when we think back on it now you think how did that ever actually happen so our school had a tannoy system in all of the classrooms where the head teacher would make announcements every now and again they'd have like a special guest on who would do like I don't know like a God or something like that. I talk, I talk about it anyway. So they, they had this new pilot thing called Radio ETC, which was run by. We didn't have a head boy, but he was pretty much the head boy. He was just like geeky kid who kind of um, got on with the teachers and stuff. So he was able to do a weekly radio show. Anyway, my younger brother and his friends 
had a campaign to persuade this lad to let them do a takeover one morning. And under, I don't know if it was under duress or whatever, anyway, he agreed to do it. So they produce, it was pre-recorded, their own show. Um, and this lad came on as video ETC is going to be a little bit different. Now bear in mind, this gets broadcast to every single kid in the school in the morning. Everybody thought you've got nothing else to do but listen to it. So we're talking over a thousand kids here. Um, now, Radio ETC normally had this like, like jolly little music that started to play, and then it kind of went that, and then it played some like happy hardcore boom, boom, boom music, and it was just them going, "Wow, Radio ETC takeover!" So obviously, everybody's properly paying attention at this point. So what the hell is going on? What's what's this? Um, so then it followed in, which was a comedy sketch show performed by my brother and his friends, introducing our first sketch. And I'll tell you now the name of the sketch was racist right? had a racist term in the name of the sketch and then it was they then did this like radio drama in which an Asian shopkeeper was having to accost two young men for shoplifting from his shop and he was trying to stop them but in the end they locked him in the store cupboard and I think they might have even set fire to the shop and it was like <laughs> That was the sketch, and it was just so offensive. So they murdered him. But that, but that went out. It wasn't real. Um, <laughs> but that, that's taking a prank too far. But it was just them doing generally racist stereotype voices, and it went out to everybody in the school. Everyone, and I didn't know, because people were going, is that your brother, John? And I was just like, do I say yes? Do I say no? How is this being received? Um, but yeah, it was an audacious prank. And then when that sketch finished, we didn't hear any of the others because the headmaster came on and just went, yes, well, um, I don't think we'll be doing that again. <laughs> and that was it. That was the end of it, end of it all and the end of Radio <laughs> ETC. repercussions? No, not really. I don't think so. That's amazing. So, I mean, how could that happen? How could the school not check yeah. what was going to be? Uh, there probably was repercussions, which probably, bless him, which probably the editor of Radio ETC oh. got in trouble. Yeah, I was going to say, like the head boy got thrown out of school and he's now a drug addict. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. We, if he is, we should locate him and positively prank him. Yeah. Let's do it. By stealing his radio station and doing it up. <laughs> I don't, don't know how that works, mate. We could let him we could let him use one of our microphones, maybe. <laughs> so what have we learnt about pranking when it comes to dickheadery? You can easily become a dickhead when you're pranking. It's don't fall asleep after you've pranked somebody over the phone. Yeah, remember to tell someone it's a prank. You yeah. have to have an exit plan for your yeah. prank, don't you? Do. you? Yeah, and you've got to think about the other thing that we discussed was the target of the prank because you've got to think about somebody who's got a sense of humour and who will appreciate that. Mm. If your target is somebody who's only going to be frightened because they don't understand what's going on, the fewer act of doing a prank, regardless of how funny you find it, is dickheadery. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know what to say now. I was thinking about making a joke about standing down my position in D-Bad, but then you might just seem pleased, and then I'd be like, oh, that was a terrible prank. <laughs> All it's done is serve to make me feel bad. <laughs> well, on that note, we'll end the show, so thank you for listening to D-Bad Does Pranking. I've been John Gilbert. I've been Ian Thompson. Oh, I've been Alex King. One. And remember... Don't, don't be a dickhead! dickhead.